we're good to go here. Yeah, cool. So on uh, Saturday, I was at home. Got, I was done my workout. It was nice to get surprised, eh? So I, I was done my workout, and uh, we had a whole bunch of um, work to do around the house, inside, outside, and stuff. So I was puttering away. And then uh, my wife or Charlie picked up. There's a guy that delivered a box for Uncle Andy. So I'm like, wow. So Christine knew what it was because one of uh, one of my um, customers, I guess we call him. Is that what we call him? What do I call him? Yeah, client, customer. Client, client. Yeah. One well, of my clients sent over a box of, uh, you call it, the Italian guys call it antipasto. Yeah, antipasto. So it was a big box of uh, antipasto. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, like a charcuterie so, board. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like some meat, some cheese, some crackers, some uh, olives with oh, uh, yeah. garlic in it. Yeah. Like, And it was a nice big box. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it was so good. But yeah. And then there was a card. And in the card was... Uh, uh, whatever amount of money to the uh the booze store nice uh so i'm going to use that and, <laughs> and uh a nice handwritten card so every now and then it happens eh? and i was like cool so it was from one of the one of the players that i trained um that sent me to say thank you and he handwritten card and i'll tell you man a handwritten card goes a long way it's a yeah, lost something art something about it it's a lost art yeah. but the context of it was like, because for us, we don't think it's a big deal. We do, it's kind of like our job. And when we say that we're, we're willing to help at any cost, we're willing to help at any cost. That's just the way it is. But uh, anyways, the family was very thankful because um, this this young fella is uh, a very skilled hockey player. And he was getting some interviews and then he had an agent call and he had, you know, he, he calls me every now and then about what should I do? Mm. So, I, you know, we spent some maybe 40 minutes on the phone the other day, aside from all the on the ice and in yeah. the gym and all the stuff that you do for them on in the with the fitness and stuff. And uh, he just said, oh, I just want to say thank you for everything because you've really helped me and I know it takes time. So I thought that, that was awesome. That was really nice. Yeah, it's funny because you don't ever really know how like what you're doing is affecting someone else and it's hard to tell like just from their reaction to yeah. you what yeah. it, like how much it means to them yeah. you know like when you see them in person and you tell them something that you think is nothing yeah and then two weeks later they say hey remember when you said this like that was awesome that's exactly what yeah. i need to hear those kind of things yeah and that's what used to always it kind of pissed me off about like some of the like pro guys or when you hear stories about pro guys that they don't treat people well right because you don't you don't know how much that could mean to someone and to you it means nothing. So That's it's right. it's so easy to just like fl to fluff it off and it's just as easy to just be nice. And if you're just nice or you just take some time to talk to somebody or to give them a piece of advice or whatever like you have no idea how much that's actually going to affect them, whether it's positive or negative, like you have no idea. Yeah. So it's, that's, uh, it's cool to hear stories like that. Cause it's, it just kind of makes you feel. Yeah. And it was nice because one of the, the context of one of the conversations was, uh, you know, wh what should I do next year for, you know, if I, if I don't go to a certain level. So talked about that, but, uh, another one was, uh, was an agent, right? And I classic. forget something. Yeah. It's a classic. Of course, someone was, Tell him that I can get you here. I could do this. I could do this. And and the reality of it was, you know what? He he could do that, but it's just going to cost you money for no reason. And uh, you're already at a certain position. And you know, just be be very nice and polite. It's always good to listen to people, but be nice and polite to the person. And just say, you know what? Uh, thank you for your time. And um, you know, as we move forward, maybe you know we'll we'll touch base again. But um, I think it was a case of someone trying to throw a lot of mud on the wall, and hopefully mm -hmm. hopefully it sticks. 
So he was appreciative of that. And his parents are very are intelligent. So they came to that conclusion, but he, he or the parents wanted to bounce it off of me yeah, to see what opinion. I think. Because you never know, right? It might be a really good thing. Well, I mean, to, and to be, we should, at, like soon, we should actually do a full episode, like just on the agent thing. Sure. Because I know a lot of times you like, we rip on it and like, we're talking about, it's not necessary. You don't need this. You don't need that. But that, to actually like get into the nuts and bolts, because sure. it's funny because we always say you don't need an agent, but then all these kids have agents. So for someone who's seeing like every OHL kid has an agent, basically, that's confusing. It's like, well, then why are you telling me I shouldn't get an agent? So yeah. it'd be good to like go through the nuts and bolts of that. Yeah. But side well, just a, so just a quick uh, something on that yeah. is uh, there's times that they're very necessary. Mm-hmm. And I know for our family, it's been good because um, it, it takes it lets me be dad, like make good decisions and let uh, let the agent take care of the stuff that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So it's good. And, and, and some teams you'll get drafted to and their first question is, or they do an interview. And the first question is, who's your agent? And uh, some people, some of the teams actually want you to have one mm. because it takes away that dad relationship. Like, um, like when, when the NHL goes to arbitration, so you, you know what that is, mm-hmm. right? So a guy's in, uh, he has an option, free agent option or, or, or what is it? It's a restricted free agent option. So let's just say you're playing for the Edmonton Oilers. That'd be nice, huh? And you're uh, year five, and you you have an option to uh, go to unrestricted free agency, and you're bargaining. You think you need four million dollars a year, and the team thinks three, and it goes to arbitration. Well, they don't. If you sit there as a player and you sit there with your manager, a lot of like the job is to. You get the most that you can get. Right. My job's to get, to squeeze to pay you as little as I can, and so well. That's that's huh. interesting. That was early. Uh, so so my job is to to tell the arbitrator all the things that you're not good at, and now your feelings can get hurt. If uh, and it will no matter what, mm-hmm. even if you're the thickest skin, right? Yep. You're gonna say, "Oh, I didn't know you thought about that with me," and your job is to you know, tell you how great you are and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So having the agent do that kind of stuff is, is a lot better. So in situations where you do have to do some negotiating or find information out, agents are good, providing they're good agents. And there's some really good ones out there. Yeah. And and, and actually, agents have a lot of power at the high level. Uh, I won't go into that today, but it has a lot of, uh, they do have a lot of power providing you're a really good player. Mm-hmm. So the context of that is like, you know, in, in when you're starting off, you're, junior career uh high-end guys will have high-end agents come up to them and yeah. and try to represent well, that, and them. that's the question it's yeah. when is it appropriate yeah. that's what that is the whole yeah that is what the discussion is about so yeah. going being able to go walk through that because we have a, a podcast coming out on thursday so it'll be out when this goes out but yeah. with um mike weber yeah and he touched on that early on when you guys are talking about when you start to get into not that OHL is a professional league, but it's there's a professionalism about it, yeah. and you have contracts, and you're dealing with yeah. business, and you're and yeah. that kind of stuff, and you need someone who knows what they're doing yeah. to help you get the best and what you can get for you know your services to the league or whatever. Yeah. And if you don't have someone that's experienced doing that, then you can get screwed because people can take advantage of you. Like that's what happens. Not every person that works in every organization is the best person ever, and if they can get they see an opening where maybe you don't really know that you could get this when yeah. then maybe they can exploit that you know so there's things like that where it becomes more appropriate but yeah. uh in the context we're talking about with this kid that reached out to you th- that isn't really what the question you're not at that point yet right where that is appropriate and that's what the the issue is so kids think when they're 
13, 14, 15, I need to get an agent so that they can do my bidding for me. That's right. And that's not really what the, that's not really what it's for. That's, that's not right. really the, the purpose of having that. Right. So for you to go look for an agent, like that's not really what, what you should be doing at that stage. Right. The agents will come to you when the time is right, given that you're a player that needs an agent or whatever, they'll find you. You can't hide if you're a good player. Yeah. So they'll come to you when it's time and then you can start to make those decisions. So that's just a little tangent on that. Yeah. No, that, and that's good because yeah, it's, it's not ripping because like the hockey world's a, 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 the hockey world itself is, can be kind of greasy, right? Like from every level, from management to, uh, I mean, there's, guys in the NHL that's called the old boys club and they'll yeah. always have a job and they'll always make three, four five million dollars a year, mm. no matter how good they do or how poorly they do. Um, they're going to go somewhere else with their old buddies. Mm. Uh, that's greasy. Yeah. It's not necessarily the most qualified people. Uh, some people don't put the time in, like you might have a player development guy in the national hockey league and Dalton and I were just, and I don't know if you're in part of that conversation, but you know, cause uh, that's a field that he's looking at getting into. And he was yeah. talking about the one team and he goes, well, the guy doesn't care. And he goes, and this is why I want to do this. Cause I care so much about, you know, giving the kids information yep. and developing them the right way. And this guy was just like, yeah, whatever it's this. And it's like, okay, so that's not the best player development guy. Um, so at all, all different fields, people just want to stay involved and make a paycheck from hockey somehow, yeah. whether they qualify or not. So that's with the agents. There's a ton of good ones. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. That's, that's wrong. Not a ton. There's some good agents that do a great job and, uh, your expectations of, yeah, you, like you said, your expectations of an agent getting you a job or promoting you. That's not what they're for. Yeah. It's like you get yourself there and then they make yeah. sure you get the best you can get. Mm hmm with the opportunity you've created for yourself kind of thing. It's not, they're not, yeah. they're not getting you the opportunity. You're, you're getting the opportunity and then they're getting the best situation possible for you yeah. in that situation. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to, to, to clarify that. Cause we, we'll do that. We'll do a full episode on yeah, that sure. one day because the, we always, we always do say that, that you don't need an agent. You don't need, that is something we always say, but it's in the context of the time frame we're talking about. Yeah. So that's why you gotta be careful about like the blanket statements about stuff, yeah. right? Not that we make those cause we don't, but, yeah. but, for when the way people ask us, it's like, oh, do I need an agent? It's like, well, you're 14. Well, it's really funny because it just made me think of something. I'm not going to say this player's name. Okay. He'll figure it out. He has a huge contract mm -hmm. that works with me. So when he was coming to his second contract, he's, he was telling me, he goes, my agent still wants 3% or whatever. I think it was 3%. He goes, I'm not paying him that. And he's all bitter and stuff. And I'm like, okay. But the, pro the thing was is that when you needed him to get you the – endorsement deal here and this 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 in your first contract and promote you and yeah. all that kind of like I, I i use the word promote lightly uh it was fine but now you're making the big bucks and you realize that oh that the agent's making a, a lot of, change, of money yeah. now you don't want to give it to him and that's yeah. where players can be assholes too. oh yeah so well, and, that, so, and that is the point if you get a good agent like that is what they're they're yeah. waiting for that day that's right you know that's right because really what they do like a real agent when they start off is uh it's costing them money it's costing them time so like in in our world um you know our advisor sp spends a little bit of time and i i probably don't know how much but he spends some time he has he makes some phone calls and he gives us updates on what's possibly going on and you know it's a phone call and it's uh how you doing and uh it doesn't bug us in any way but it's time and it's costing money and uh if you could if, if the kids would have played this year you would have been to a couple games would have been time and money to get to yep. places so <clears throat> and that's what we're at the end of the day we ha we have them so that if if it all works out that's how he gets paid and so yep, to take it right. away from him that's not fair that's not integrity in my opinion yeah no i 
agree know, totally. You know, it's, it's 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 the same thing, right? When things are good and going your way, things you know we're all happy. But as soon as we start seeing someone else benefiting, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, that's not fair. But it is. Yeah. You, 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 when you sign that deal, it's like a guy signing a contract, right? Like so, a lot of people say, Nathan McKinnon should be making a heck of a lot more money. He's he's, he's getting ripped off. Well, at the time, his I don't know what his I I think he's making around three and a half, four, five. And compared to the rest of the league, yeah, he's the top player in the league. Like in my opinion, he's the best hockey player in the NHL. So yeah, he's getting the, the team's getting a bargain right now. But at the time, he was happy. Mm-hmm. Signed a nice long term deal for three, four, five million, whatever it is. Yeah. Um. But he'll get his payday. Yeah. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, it was good at the time. So you can't complain, right? You can't like my famous uh, line is you can't suck and blow at the same time, <laughs> right? Pick one. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and a lot of guys, <laughs> I mean, this happens in baseball a lot too, but in, in hockey, it's kind of the same thing. You kind of get paid for past performance. Yeah. A lot of the time, you know, you don't get paid for what you're going to do. You get paid for what you've done. Yeah. So when McKinnon goes to get his next contract, even if I don't know how much, how many years he has left, you know, I'm not contract. sure it's coming. it's coming. So, so let's say he's got another three years left. Yeah. Maybe he's passed, which I don't think necessarily is true, but maybe he's passed his prime when that contract is up. Maybe he's done now where yeah. he's, coming up on 30 and he's kind of on the back the back end of his flashy top speed performance but he's going to get his big contract it doesn't matter that his performance is probably going to go down even if for the first three years of his next contract he's great he's going to start to slow down at some point in that long-term deal so but that's built into the cake now because he spent this time that he's playing right now being awesome you know so a lot of times that happens in sports we get paid for what you've done before yeah you know it's uh but wow is he a player yeah he's oh my god he's so electrifying yeah like he grabs that like they, they were doing a power you see that goal the other night oh it's incredible like just the all out below speed, by guys and then just tosses it in yeah. the top shelf yeah. and the, the the way they run that power play he's all over the ice yeah. he's just he's amazing yeah he's amazing yeah it's a, those it's, like, you watch and, and, and we, a big guy is he that big he looks big. I yeah. know. I think he's six. He one, looks six like two. a. He looks like a looks beefy. Like a truck. Yeah, but yeah. he's. That's what's so like amazing. You watch those guys that are super powerful like that, and they can hit that top end speed so fast. Yeah. Like he picked. Well, who, who was it two nights ago? They he picked that puck up neutral zone. Yeah. Got a pass in the neutral zone, yeah. and all of a sudden was both D were back. They were in fine that's position. Nothing you can do. And he all of a sudden <laughs> he's going way faster yeah. than anyone. Yeah. And the, the D couldn't even get a stick on him no. when he turned around. He was already already by him. So good. You know, it was just amazing, amazing so speed. That Imagine guy. having that just, oh, so good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing, one other thing I wanted to talk to uh, was uh, involved in an interview the other day with this one team. Mm. Wow, was it intense. So uh, they were talking about their organization, really dialed in, really good, real professional. This guy was in the NHL for a couple of years. And... Um, and then uh, the questions that they asked was interesting. Like, we, we've never seen one like this. Mm. They asked to break down video. So there was In the interview. Couple, in the interview. So talk about putting a little human being oh, in the yeah. hot seat. But it was really good because it was the first time it was, like, actually hockey-related. There was no fluff. Yeah. It was like, we want to see what you see. Because everybody, like, those terms out there... Um, People like to talk and just use terms, right? Like I got, uh, he's got a hockey or high hockey IQ. I'm yeah, a 200 yeah. foot Sees player. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm yeah, a this. Yeah, yeah. So okay, let's see. Yeah. Let's see what your uh, IQ is all about. So the first one was taking. They took eight shifts, and they broke it down into eight or ten second shifts. 
so what the, the context of this is they, they said you there's a score on the it's an NHL game. There's a score up top. So let's say it's two one. And uh, so from in this every clip we want you to identify the power play team and how many lefties they left handed shots they have on the ice. So if it's two one, that's three. If you have the power play and they have two left handed players on the ice, that's five, if my math is correct. Yeah. I'm not the best in math. Okay, carry the one maybe. But it seems like it's five. So they do that the whole the, every clip and come up with a score at the end. And at the end of it, they kind of identify um, if, you, if you have, like if you can keep track under pressure. There's all kinds of different elements. So you got to like do the mental math of the what mental you're math, counting. Watch the thing because who knows? It might ask another question about mm-hmm. it, right? And then uh, and then so they, they threw you off quite a bit because there was some defensive zone face-offs where the, you're on the power play in your defensive zone, uh, neutral zone, and, and and they happen real quick, these yeah. clips. So it's like you've got to be watching, keeping the score, doing the math, and you have only a certain amount of time to do it. So that was challenging. Um, and then the next one was, okay, we're going to give you 12-second clips or 10-second clips, and they showed six or eight of them, and you, you have to tell us what you see. So... Like in terms of what's going on what's, in the game, what's happening? Cool. Yeah, it's real hockey. Yeah, it's hockey. And yeah. and now you're on the hot seat, okay? Because now you got, you're sitting across on a Zoom call with an, a, a former NHL coach who's interviewing you because he wants to see if you got a brain for hockey. Mm-hmm. What happened? So it's it, you could say uh, Florida had the puck and they regrouped and or you go into detail. So. They wanted details right. and to see if you had a hockey IQ. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That was a, that was a pretty good one because there's no fluff. You can can't just tell a story and tell you how great you are. Yeah, well, and, and this is why we we always talk about like stuff like reading and just like generally just having a brain. Like yes. you can't just be a meathead, man. Like because you get into the especially like they keep upping the the standard. Yeah. With with every year that passes, that what you're expected to be able to do at a younger and younger age, it yeah. just gets higher and higher. There's just more and more that's expected of you. So when you go and sit on the, in this interview and say, have, you can't even tell them how you're doing because you don't know how to talk to an adult. Right. Like what or do you express an idea? Yeah. So for of all the kids they interviewed, they probably interviewed 20, 30, 40 kids maybe. Probably. And how many of those kids like don't even understand the question really? Yeah. Like don't really understand how to comprehend what yeah. you actually are being asked to do yeah. just because they don't have any of these skills developed yeah. of how to handle that. Yeah, but. yeah, that was really interesting. It's uh, and and just a side note on that, funny. There is uh, uh, the emphasis on the and and who knows, but I I take these guys as pretty serious. Like a couple of these coaches, they've been coaching forever, but I, you forget what they did after before they became coaches. Quite a few of them were teachers. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting. Or 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 they went or they pl- they were good hockey players that got an education. So one was McGill, the other one was Acadia, uh, nice schools like yeah, that yeah. where they continued to their yeah. education in hockey, which is, you know, they probably used, well, I don't know if they had an OHL package back then. One of them did, but they used it. And, uh, you know, there's another scout that I was talking to that was a former client of mine that use, is using his package right now. Yeah. The education piece is big. And, you know, as much as, you know, because we battle that with Charlie is the school. It's like, uh, and I get it. I don't, I never really liked school. Mm. But the thing is, these people are educated and they, they respect it and they explain that, you know, you will go to school 
And even if you graduate, you're going to take another course because we don't want people sitting around and we want you to understand how to manage your time yeah. and all these different things. So when, when mom and dad at home are talking to you about you have to do well in school, they're, uh, maybe they don't have to do, get a 90, but whatever well means to your parents, um, take it very seriously because mm-hmm. at some point, well, I know in our house, the, the team is probably going to be more, uh, is going to be harder on my son than I am when it yep. comes to school. That might sound like a, a terrible dad statement, um, but it is what it is. Yep. Uh, I want him to do well, but like these teams, some of them are going to be, uh, no, no, we don't want, yeah. uh, we don't want a dummy here. And that, well, that's what I'm pointing at. Yep. Like the, this, because they keep raising what's expected of you, like you can't afford to be an idiot now. No. They won't allow it, no. especially because there's such a spotlight on every team too. Yeah. They're, so they're competing to get the best players with the other teams. They're competing with other leagues, with other development yeah. places. Yeah. With, they have to compete like with the NCAA. They have to compete with all, where these players are coming from across the world. So for them to have a valuable product that you want to participate in, yeah. that like they have to have the highest standard. Yeah. And now these people that are coming into management, like you said, some of these organizations, the way they're run now compared to when you were playing, yeah. it's not even a, the same place. So it's not the same. Y- you can't afford to go in there and not have your shit together, you know, especially yeah. when you're going to be in a situation where you're not at home for the most part, like yeah. you're on your own and you have to be accountable. They'll just sit you. They'll trade you. Yeah. They'll get rid of you. They don't have to keep you. So yeah. if you go and if you go there, show up and you're not getting your shit done, like they don't have time to deal with this crap because you're not that good. Yeah. You know, there's too many good players. They can just go get somebody else because you're a pain in their ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So to get on what I wanted to talk about today was, uh, I mentioned buzzwords and one of the buzzwords is what we're going to talk about today. Um, high IQ. What is the other one I used today? I forget. High IQ, 200 foot player. Yeah, heavy player. stick, all these different things. Okay. Good stick, good vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when, when good body language, yeah, what does yeah. that mean, right? Uh, so I was reading the other day, and uh, just competition. There's a blurb on competition. I said, oh, this is nice. This would be something to talk about because look, when you're a scout or a GM, you're watching a game, you're watching a player, you're looking for all those things, right? You're looking for, okay, well, we'll go through them basically. every Everybody says we need to have good skaters. It's a fast league now, so skating, yeah. Uh, puck skills, um, size, whatever the whatever they are, body language, you know, whatever. Uh, but competition, is you have that competitive edge. Are you a competitor? And everyone says they are, but are you really? Mm-hmm. Right. So I was thinking about that, and I said, this is actually, you know, it's actually a metric that scouts and general managers and coaches use. You know, it doesn't have compete. Okay, so yeah. so it's actually a skill. And it's skill that should be developed and can be developed. And I don't know necessarily if it's something that actually is. Because it can be a tough one to quantify. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. Man. Yeah. 100%. Well, they, there's that uh, people call people gamers. We've talked about gamers, that before. Gamers, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is when the game gets tough, who plays? Yeah. Who are the guys that still get it done when yeah. the game gets tough? That's a real, like, quick and dirty way to, yeah. to tell who, who competes and who doesn't. Yeah. You know, NHL, you look at a guy like uh, like a Bergeron-type guy. or we, we were talking a few episodes ago about the the one kid you were helping with his interviews and trying to come up with a guy he plays like. Yes. And those are the type of guys, like the competitors, where if you're not the top-end skill stud, you better be a competitor. Because if you're not, you won't you have no other way like that's but that's basically the two if you're going to boil it down to two roles in the nhl yeah if you can only pick two one is those high high high-end skill guys there's your one category everyone else is a competitor 
Because if you're not, you're not playing. Right you on. You can't. You, there's no way. Right on. Yeah. So just to uh, maybe open up another can of worms. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so just two nights ago, Toronto Maple Leafs lost. Yeah. And by no means am I cutting up an NHL player at all. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, I've had it said through some of the guys that I trained, you know, is, is McDavid the best player? So I don't know if he's a gamer yet. And really, like I didn't say this, but people would say Connor McDavid's not a gamer, and they're like, "Well, mm-hmm. has, what has he won? What does he? How does he do against? You know, like it's it's fine to play one team, another team, another team. Maybe play them, you know, a team six times. But if you have a seven game series and you're against whatever player yeah. that's just grinding you all the time, do you have that same jam? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying Connor McDavid doesn't. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's that was an example he used. Sorry, but, you said the Leafs lost, and now you're yeah, talking about Connor. McDavid. I just went on a okay. left turn. Okay. Yeah, I'm coming okay, back. Go ahead. Okay. I'm coming yeah, back right now. Sure. Yeah, okay. So that was that came to my mind when I was saying. Okay, that. wait. So before you go back to yeah. the Leafs, I had we had this debate in the gym the one day where uh, one of the guys that works with us, he was saying, "Who would you rather have right now, Crosby or McDavid?" And he asked at the time when McDavid had whatever amount of points he was yep. leading the league by whatever right. amount ridiculous amount right. of points and like no contest i'm still taking crosby me too because this is a guy like we're talking about right now this is a proven gamer yep. he can win it's yep. not about winning the art ross it's That's about right. winning the stanley cup it's yep. about making your team the best team mm-hmm. and crosby went into the organization pittsburgh when they were shit yeah and in three years, they're a contender mm-hmm. for the, the Stanley Cup. In five years, There's they no won question. or whatever it was. There's no question. There's no question. This guy, He's been beat up. Oh, yeah. He takes his licks, gives yeah. his licks. Plays complete game. Like there, You can find videos of him blocking shots, yeah. winning defensive zone face-offs, all those like, extra little things. Well, just the other night, I was watching a highlight the other day. And uh, who did they play? Oh God! Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh the just Islanders. played the Islanders, yeah. and one of the one of the Islanders' good players came down to take a shot. It was like perfect opportunity, like high percentage shot, and uh, Sid the kid dives out as the shot comes. It's off a stick over the glass, yeah. like just that little extra yeah. effort, like both ends of the ice and all that kind of stuff. And and it's not that they always win because they don't. No, but Pittsburgh is always good. The, you, They're you, always a possible winner. Yeah. they could always possibly win. Yeah. They sometimes they have slow starts, sometimes whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. but. I don't say the same thing about Malkin. I would right. never. Because yeah. if, if Malkin was their, their top player and Crosby wasn't there, I wouldn't think that. I wouldn't think yeah. Pittsburgh is always going to be there. But because Crosby's there, he has that proven history of, I can take this team. He's to, the guy. W- and without being the guy that just gets all the points. Yeah. That's the other metric on that. So we had that debate in the gym about it. And I was getting some pushback about like taking David. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. He's a great player. I'm not saying he's not a great player, and he's not an amazing talent, and he can't put up the points and whatever. He's incredible. But he hasn't. He hasn't. The purposes of hockey, like the purpose is to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And he has. What have they, like, lost first round a couple times since he's been on the team? I don't know if they've won a playoff. They, series. They, oh no! They, didn't they go? They went to the conference final. Yeah, the one year. That, but other than that, early in the career. Other than that. They went to the conference final yeah. the one year, and that was it. And it takes more than one guy to win a cup. 100%. 100%. There's 100%. obviously some, probably some gaps that needs to be filled. And there. I'm sure they will, and I'm sure yeah. he'll continue to develop, yeah. and I'm I'm, well. I'm sure at some point in his career he'll end yeah. up being a guy like that. I could see that easily. But right now, yeah. he's not. Yeah. So that was all about that. So yeah. We're not carving. No. Uh, obviously, <laughs> of course not. He's better. Please. 
A little better than us. Yeah, he's better than uh, me. But to go back to the Leafs, <laughs> is they, you know, uh, one of the uh, sports casters here in Canada said that uh, he doesn't think Montreal will even win one game because uh, you had uh, Austin Matthews who won the Art Ross or the Rocket Richard. Yeah. Scored a ton of goals this year. Mitch Marner, they were just, they were flying. Yeah, JT. And the pushback and, and, and all that stuff, like, I, 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 you know what, I didn't watch it. No, there's there's some I, I saw some gaps. I saw some issues. Well, and then Tavares got hurt too. Yeah, which is a that was a hit to the yeah to the squad because he seems to be more of a the oh, gamer type to me. I think so. That can that Who can knows? push you. But then they lose him, and yeah. now this would be like if Pittsburgh loses Crosby. Yeah. Right. Crosby's yeah. out. Who carries that team? Yeah. I'm not saying Malkin does. I don't think he does. I think he's a good player. He did in the regular season a couple of years ago. Yeah, but that's different. I, than no, the, no, that's I what I'm saying, no, right? This is what I'm saying yeah. too. But yeah, so when it came to the big competition, yeah, big that's what we're talking about. That's yeah. what we're talking about as a competition. When it came to the big stage, is it there? Mm-hmm. Because I know that Matthews was getting a little bit pushed around and uh, didn't have any pushback. And uh, that to me is the, I'm not carving them. No, we're not. <laughs> but, no, we're just talking about. But that's about that competition piece is yeah. like a guy six foot two, 220. Maybe turn around and give a little pushback to say, no, 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 where I'm here and I'm yeah. here for the long run, bro. Mm-hmm. And uh, that didn't happen in Montreal. And, and Toronto as a team kind of were pushed around. Well, and then and then you look they at they not weren't kind of they were pushed around. Yeah, and then you but then you look at Montreal's roster, right? And they're picking up. They got a guy like Perry on there now. Uh, he's been competitors. Com- won everywhere. Oh, yeah. man. he wins everywhere he goes. He's won, whether it's World Championships, NHL games, junior teams, whatever. Yeah. He wins. Yeah, and, and he, say what you want about him being a dick or whatever, being a pest. Hard player, to play against. Hard to play against, man. Yeah. That guy competes, and that's he's a guy that goes and wins. Well, and he could have uh, when when he need. Um, Tavares in the face the yeah. other night, accidentally, obviously. Yeah. He could have, when Felino wanted to square up with him and settle it, he could have said, I'm not fighting you. Like, why Why do I need to fight you? I didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And it could have been a pain in the ass that way. And, and if he did, fine. Yeah. Because he would have just got under his skin. But being the competitor, he said, fair's fair, let's go. And uh, yeah, and dropped the mitts. That and, was amazing. I loved watching that too because mm-hmm. as soon as Felino lined up next to him, he right away, yeah. he was just like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We can go. That's yeah. fine. It's pretty like, cool. It's great, yeah. man. And that, so, but that, and just again to just clarify your point, like we're not carving up any no, of these guys. No, I, we're I, talking about I the want difference. That to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously they're all amazing hockey players. We're not yeah. carving up anybody, but just the 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 difference between those guys that are ready to be in the conversation for you know top 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 competitors that win like everything all the time, win the Stanley Cup, can carry a team. Yeah. Whatever. Some of those guys just maybe aren't in the conversation yet, despite the fact that they're yeah. awesome players. You know. Yeah. So. so my next level of that. So are you? Do you? Are you a competitor? And so this brings me to my when I was thinking about this, it brought me to my next question, and one that bothers me a lot because I actually coached one, and they're called the super teams. Okay? Oh yeah. So when I was coaching, so my question is, and I know that my answer from from firsthand experience, and then seeing this over over and over and over time. Are you a are you competing? So if you're on a super team, so let's okay. I'll go to my team and when I coached in Detroit. So first of all, I was confused. Because, I'm gonna take my glasses off now. <laughs> I was confused because I was asked to coach this team, and I decided that I would do that, and it would be a great experience. And I love these kids. So when I when some people found out that I coached a team, I had people from all over, not just Detroit area. I'm talking out of state. Yeah, you're saying like wanting state, to come and yeah. play. Because they knew that this would be a top team. I was confused. 
And I was confused for the fact that, like, why would you just jump teams? I mean, we're, we got a good team. We're, we'll add a couple guys, I guess. Mm-hmm. These are good kids. But it was almost forced to take, well, you got to take this guy. You got to take this guy. And then it became so. But what I noticed is that guys were going from that team to this team to that team. And I'm like, hmm. Anyways, so as I coach this team, I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't think we were coaching uh, or we weren't competitive. I think that we were. Um, we're, we're in an exhibition of uh, superiority. So when we would go to a tournament, kids would be excited, parents would be excited, and I was just excited. Let's go and let's go and play. And then, you know, we they had those rankings and stuff out, and we were right at the top, of course. Not of course, because just I know we, were, yeah, we were yeah, at the good, top. Good, yeah. And we'd go to this tournament, we'd play a team like, let's just say here, Windsor Junior Spitfires at the time. Or we played the Sun County team and we beat them eleven nothing, and they wouldn't get and if they got shots, shots on net. From the blue they were line. from the blue line dump ins, or you know maybe the odd break, but not it wasn't even a scoring chance. Yeah. Well, that's not competitive. So at the end of that, you win that game, you're like, you know, you're almost embarrassed. Yeah. But so now, what do you tell the kids? Don't play as hard. Keep the puck or keep playing. Like it's a confusing thing, right? You can't win that one. But we'd go to a tournament. And we wouldn't have an actual competitive game until maybe the semifinals, maybe, mm-hmm. and then the finals, yeah. every tournament. And the funny thing was, like, for example, the first tournament that we went to was in uh, Toronto, the Red Wing tournament. So we played uh, Elgin in the finals. This is kind of a side story, too. Yeah. We played Elgin Middlesex Chiefs in the finals where Ty- uh, Konechny was uh, their captain. And they had, they had a really good uh, team, but they weren't. They weren't as talented as us, not even close. So, in fact, the first game that we played them, the first period we had, I'm, I'm not joking, we probably were in their end of the ice for that 15-minute period. We are probably in that end of the ice for 12. And oh, man. just a hornet's nest. Yeah. And their goalie, who was uh, drafted to Sarnia, a really good goalie, just making saves. But we were hitting the post, and it would be on the line, and, you know, like a couple bad bounces and stuff like that. But, like, a total... Shit show. And they came down one shot, top of the circles, cross the ice, over our goalie's shoulder. Was our goalie terrible or was he just cold? I don't know. But one nothing them. They had maybe one or two shots. Go to the second period, same thing. Like, literally the same thing. I'm like, we can't buy one right now. This is crazy. Like, total dominate. And then as, and, and then at the end of the game, they ended up getting another one. And we got, I think it was 2 nothing or 2-1, two, two but it was a total domination. Like, I can't even imagine what the shots were. Yeah. So I, at the end of the game, I'm like, we've done everything that we possibly could as a team. Like every kid worked hard. Like, and in this circumstance, they worked their butts off. They wanted to win a game, but they were faced with a little bit of adversity. Things weren't going their way. Kids were fine. So I would go out in the hallway, and one of the dads, like one of the superstar dads, looks at me and goes, we got to start win- the first tournament. we got to start winning on Sundays. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, we didn't win one battle. I go, you, we didn't one, win one battle. So in a 45-minute game, we had the puck 40, at least 40 minutes of it. Yeah. What are you talking about? But it was the sore loser coming yeah. out. He's used to winning because he came from a different team yeah. that won all the tournaments. Fine. Then we got to another tournament and it was, it was the same thing. When they, when they, when these guys started to hit adversity, they were good. But when it really came down, cause they didn't have that regular compet- competition and they couldn't, and, and it became, it started to become hard. Mm. Then you started to see who was... Who buckles. Who buckles. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that was an interesting thing. And, 
you know, so, and then I've seen over the years, were you going to say something first? Well, I was, I was going to relate sure, it go back ahead. to remember, remember the, uh, again, a bunch of episodes ago, you were talking about Mike Tyson yeah, and how he, his, what was his coach's name again? Costa D'Amato. That was his name? Yeah. Cuss was his first name. This was his short for. No, was this the guy? No, no. Was this the guy that was in the podcast that you showed me? No, you were talking. uh, It was, it wasn't. Yeah. It was his assistant boxing coach. It was Tommy Atlas. Yeah. 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 That's him. So he was saying how Mike Tyson wasn't a fighter. Right. Because every time he got into an actual fight where someone was as good as him or close to as good as him, Mm -hmm. he lost. Yes. So he was 0-5. Every other time when he was knocking everybody out, he was just way better. That's just way better. And that's so as soon as he starts to hit some adversity, now you see him, he's coming out with some cheap shots yep. or he's losing. Yep. And he can't, doesn't know how to handle it. Yep. And that was the point that, whether that's true or not, I don't really know Mike Tyson, but just from that, that, that point that perspective. is what is, sure. is what kind of you're talking about here, yeah. too. It's like you guys won everything all the time because you're playing teams that you were just way better than. Yeah. You never had to get in a fight. You never yeah. had to go into the trenches and you never had to do like what it takes to win because you're in that competition where a lot of times in hockey, the teams are so good, like especially in the in the NHL, if you look in the playoffs, the team that wins the Stanley Cup isn't always the best team necessarily in terms of a skill perspective because people, like it just happened, Edmonton's out. People probably would have said Edmonton's the most skilled team or Toronto's the yeah. most skilled team or, or right. whatever, out. And the difference is, all the teams are so good. Who makes the least amount of mistakes wins. And yeah. if you're not willing to do those things that keep you from making mistakes or make up for mistakes you've made, yeah. like blocking shots or like back checking hard or like putting your face in, in, in a battle somewhere where you normally wouldn't, then you're not going to win. Yeah. So as soon as that fight comes where now it's a, a legit game where you actually have to turn it on and, and yeah. compete because you're against someone who's as good as you, then that's when the, the chips fall and you see who's who's who mm-hmm. in the zoo, as you mm-hmm. say. In the zoo. Yeah. So like that Bell Tire team, we so in in this the United States of America and some places in Canada, there's basically no restrictions on where you can play. So that's why I have to give credit to teams like Windsor, Chatham, Sudbury, yeah. Quinty, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh they got, yeah, they got borders. They yeah. have borders that they can pick yeah. from. So, the like, like in Toronto, there's zero. In fact, they start. Uh, we've had calls for my son to go to Toronto to play. I'm like, what? Yeah, you're crazy. I'm going. You've got how many people in Toronto? There's five million people. Well, they've not, so actually, we had a guy write to us, and he kind of. I could be remembering this wrong, mm-hmm. but he was saying that I think generally what he was, he was saying there was nine teams. Yeah. In the Toronto area, nine yeah. AAA teams yes. in Toronto. Yeah. And so you can go anywhere. Yeah. Can, it doesn't matter. You can go to right. one team or the other team. It doesn't matter. There's yeah. like, they're all considered AAA, but like these three are the best, then these three, then these yeah. three kind of thing. But you yeah. can switch, go around yeah. wherever you want. Wherever you want. Yeah. So they got a good good kids from Ottawa come. He says, oh, they said, I've had kids that said, oh, I got asked to play for this team. And mm. I'm like, why would you go there? But so there's a, there's actually a disadvantage so you, you're telling me with 5 million people in your area that you can't find 20 kids your age to have a good competitive team and like deal with it? Mm-hmm. You have to start coming to, again, uh, coming to Windsor. You got to go to Ottawa, yeah. go up north to uh, start grabbing pl- yeah. players. Yeah, and that's, you're not how, good that's how you get the super team, man. So, yeah. yeah. So when you're playing a team like Chatham, 
who has and and even well Charlie's team had a little bit like more, but Chatham literally fights to get on the uh, maybe not minor midget so much, but I'm pretty sure still maybe 25 guys trying out for a team. It, you you get what you get. So those kids are at a total disadvantage. Yeah. If you want to call it that. Yeah, just by the numbers, man. That's by the numbers. What it is. So yeah. if you're going to go play the Detroit Belt Hire or Compuware or Honeybaked, whose mission. Yeah, Little Caesars, who, all these teams. We're pulling yeah. kids from millions of people and from across the country and imports and all that stuff. It's like, it's not fair. So if you win a championship, is that, did you really win a championship mm. or did you, you're just a better team? Yeah. You know? So that that was something, and and uh, so speaking of that, a friend of mine coached the Ch- I used Chatham because I was thinking about that today. Uh, the Chatham, uh, they were the '98. So Garzi that works with us played on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Levi Tetro, yep. uh, Joseph Raymakers was the goalie, and I worked with these guys a lot. And the coach Kenny uh, Gagne, great guy, great competitor himself, great coach, uh, had these guys, and they were like I said, this is a good team from Chatham. And and I'm, I'm certainly not yeah. cutting out Chatham. What is the population? Awesome. Fifty thousand, probably Chatham. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't, but but not a hundred. So he didn't have his. He didn't have all the guys from the year before trying out. He 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 took the scraps, I guess, that were coming from Sarnia, like left over, and some other town, and they made his team. Mm-hmm. This this team went to the OHL Cup final, and they played the Toronto Marlies, who was coached by a, a superstar NHL coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was cheer like I don't cheer, but mm-hmm. I was like f- following this right to a T, and they were going near the like I think it was a third period. It was one one. Yeah, that's a championship right there. Oh yeah, that's a championship right there. And like Kenny, I know he's such a competitor. He goes, Nah, it's not a championship. We should have beat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, skill the the overwhelming skill beat. You know, you start playing your top five or seven players from from that super team, you're gonna beat them. Yeah, bottom line. But I, and then at the end of the uh, shaking hands, Kenny said that the coach was like, kind of treated him like he didn't belong there. Yeah, I looked down on him, kind looked of thing. Down, yeah, like yeah. he had no business being here. Four one, he was kind of bitter that they lost. And is that a good way to win a championship? Being kind of arrogant and bitter. Yeah. But the so the other the other side of that is, when you take a team like the super teams, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have three lines that are very very good. Even like your worst guy, if he came to Windsor or Chatham or you know a smaller center, he's going to be oh top. I'm not player. saying that I'm not saying he's the best, yeah, but he's going to be, be a top player. He's going to be a top six yeah. for sure. Oh, absolutely. But they have all all players are like that. Mm. Their D are all good D. Like whereas in in our small communities, you might have one really good or one pretty good or one average, and and it just starts falling yeah. off. Or you might have a bunch of average guys. Mm. They have to learn how to compete. But what I've seen with this is it over and over and over again is we, you have to think about this when you're jumping teams because if we see this all the time, man, it's kids' kids' team starts to lose a little bit and they want to jump teams. But the thing is when you're only playing with good players, yeah, you're going to look good. So that's my that's my question, and I know scouts and GMs are smart enough to figure it out. But when you're when you're playing on a team and you've never had actually a bad pass – because when you're at a certain level, your passes are pretty much on. Your hockey IQ, if we're going to call it, is pretty much on. You can figure out plays and stuff like that. You just you're skating just a little bit faster. 
but things work a little bit more crisper. Like when I when I did my practices with the Bell Tire teams, I, I'm not joking. They're as crisp as any ice time I've ever had, including pros, because mm-hmm. they were just good players. Yeah. So the so the the issue is is now if you've won with whatever team, let's whatever the great team is, if you've won in U U eight U ten U twelve U fourteen U sixteen, and you've breezed through everybody, and you've never had a good pass, you've never really had the adversity, never had a bad pass, never really had that adversity, never had a goalie that just sucked, mm-hmm. and then you get drafted to like if you went in early to a team that in the OHL that isn't a, a, a top team because they're rebuilding and all of a sudden you're playing with, cause there's a ton of them guys that are good, but they're good in different ways. You're playing with a plug now yep. that when he gets the puck, it's off the glass and out. It's not, it doesn't care if it's on your tape or it's area passes and not everything's about you. How do you react? And what I've seen more often than not, it's not good yep. because someone's been wiping your ass since you're nine and telling you how great you are and, and, and babying you. And now you have the real, competition where you got drafted high to a uh, maybe a lesser team because they were expecting you to put it on your back and carry it. Yep. And without that kid doing that at a young age or at any age, right, in minor hockey, um, to fight through and compete when, when, when he has no chance, it's the underdog story again, mm-hmm. when you have no chance and you hang in there and you either win or you, you, you take that good player and you make him pay the price all game, you're better. Yeah. You're the better guy. Yeah. Well, the thing that's funny is you see these kids that as they kind of, they're part of these super teams or whatever, and then they go into their draft and they'll, the team will have like 10 kids get drafted or 12 kids of the 15 get drafted. And then you get see a team like Windsor or Chatham or whatever, and they have two. Yeah. And then four years later, there's one kid from that Toronto team that still plays and the one kid from the Chatham team that still yeah. plays. And you see all these other kids like just fall off the wagon. So what happened? And I think it, in my opinion, it speaks a lot to your point is they don't, you never learn how to battle. Like you never learn how to fight. So now you, now when, instead of being on a team of superstars, now they rely on you to make sure that they're winning or that you're scoring or whatever. You're the guy that's supposed to do that. Well, now you don't have the supporting cast anymore. So yeah. now what do you do? Yeah, were you making other people better or were other people That's making right. you better? That's right, exactly. So now it's not as clear to see. And when things are going good, it feels good. But now what happens when things are going shitty and you guys haven't won for seven games? Reverend, mentally, like how do you, how are you dealing with that? And a lot of kids yeah. can't deal with that. Yeah. But the other side of it too that I wanted to, to touch on and get your uh, you to touch on too is from the parents' perspective, like you're talking about the one dad that was all suck ass, we need to start mm-hmm. winning on Sundays and whatever. And it's like, like you realize you, if you put your kid in that situation where he's always on the best team ever and they always win. And if you guys lose, you just go to the next good team yeah. so that you're always on the best team. Like, what is that doing for your kid? Like, that's a question that as, worst as a thing. Yeah. Like, so as a, as a parent, like you need to think about that too. Like, what's this about? Cause you're going to get more looks and more opportunities if you're on the super team. But again, like we've talked about this so many times, like playing the long game, you know, you're, you're kids minor hockey career and how many championships they win doesn't matter it actually doesn't matter if they want to be a professional player their minor hockey championships are irrelevant so are they developing in the best way to be able to navigate becoming a professional because it's way a lot harder when you get to the ohl now or it's a lot harder when you get to these top junior leagues or you go play at college or or whatever it is 
So if you don't have those skills and every time you guys lost on a Sunday, you just took your football and went home and switched teams the next season because the coach won't play your kid or whatever. It's like you got to think about more than just we should win right now so that people see my kid right now. It's not just about that. That's why I'm so proud of the Windsor team, the 05s, because... uh, Yeah, that's a great example. It's such a good example because they were the... uh, they weren't a good team in in peewee right peewee yeah. no I, I remember but they weren't they weren't a good team they just uh you know they 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 tried their little playing little kid hockey and then they had uh once once the hitting started they became a little better but they were still finding their way but these kids just battled and so sitting with my son some days he was like oh man and i go no 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 we don't and he wasn't talking about quitting or, or changing teams. Like in terms of the team not playing well or not winning yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't jumping ship or anything. And I said, no, this is where this is your team. Yeah, This is your team. And I said, it's, it's, if you want to be a player, you're going to have to be one of the guys that turns this thing around. And uh, it takes one person or two people to, to, turn the, to, to make it a winning culture yeah, or, a tide, or yeah. a competitive culture or whatever. And that's what happened. And then they turned that team around from like – not competitive at all to a very, very good yeah, team. And, and that's some good coaching and some great kids. Yeah. And, and, but, but it was that grind. They knew how to, they, they knew that if they were down one, they had, they didn't just think, okay, we got to, you know, not what I was going to say. They, they don't, they knew, okay, there, maybe there's another way we have to play this one. So we had, they had kids on the team that would just start banging guys yeah. and they don't, out, out, uh, out ugly them, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, and and they started winning, and they became like a team that guys, the other teams were scared of. For sure, and, well, uh, I, one way. Well, I remember watching them, and and it's really too bad because they were in the final. Were they in the finals last year when the season got yeah. canceled? So well, they were in their they were, alliance finals. Yeah, so the, the their to league take them to the Ontario championship. Right, so then COVID, so they yeah. that was canceled, and then they didn't get to play this last year either. Mm-hmm. And it would they would have been right exactly what you're saying like mm-hmm. a hardworking team, small market team, going up to these ter- big tournaments with all these big teams yeah. and hanging in there like playing good games against top teams. Yeah. And you can see they have that that dynamic you were talking about where their first three players, top three players are good, and then it just kind of off the cliff. Yeah. After that, right? Where yeah. not that their bottom end kids are terrible, but they're just like your average to below average. Triple A kids, maybe top th- the top guys would make the the, the big teams mm-hmm. around the right and be yeah they'd very make good. any team they want the other ones for. wouldn't right if that's one way to yeah, say yeah that's one way there they, there's no chance whereas like you were saying with these big teams they got nine forwards six D that yeah. are all good yeah and, and probably a goal yeah and a goal yeah exactly right so that's incredible it's, that's that's the that's the difference though like you get those kids but they have no choice but to learn how to battle well and then kids that team that was poor became good people wanted to come and play for them right and it was it was a possibility of other guys coming to make it a really good team and it would have been the last year i wouldn't have hated it if we had a couple new kids mm-hmm. but at the same time i liked the kids that battled there was a dynamic there that was so cool well and it was kind of structured more like from what i could see it was structured more like a like a actual professional team in in the sense of like you have your top guys then you have your your mid middle of the pack yep. 
can play offense and defense yeah. and then your third line yeah. just dump it go yeah hit like Crack guys. yeah that's and that was that was why it was really cool to watch yeah. them because they were structured like an actual yeah. team oh that was it great. wasn't just a it wasn't just an all-star game yeah when you went to watch because that's not real hockey it's not that's like right. that and that's, that's the other right. thing to keep in mind actually now that i'm saying that like especially for the parents man like because it's you get caught up in how good it is that you're like on a good team and you guys are winning and it's fun because your kid scores six goals every weekend and it's like that's fine like that's fun whatever but you have to keep in mind that that other part of the, it's this isn't real hockey it's not real hockey when you win that's every right. game 11 nothing no. no you never you're, watch hockey and see that no you know so you got to keep that in mind yeah 100 percent. and and um there was um there's a kid on that chatham team this year the o5s so that's a team that it doesn't have a population i mean <laughs> There are people, but I mean, we're talking like a triple A. I mean, they scramble to get yeah. 20 players yeah. or 18 players scramble. And, uh, uh, they came and they played hard. They were, they were running, uh, with the top dogs in the, in, in that one loop. And, uh, it wasn't pretty, but they were, they were physical and they, they paid a price. So anyways, two things here. You're going to see kids like on a team like that that gets drafted and people from these other centers are going to go, he's who like he's, he he can't be any good. Or even maybe even local people say, well, he's not that good. Like he had three goals or this, that, the other thing. And you go through the rosters of the OHL and you're going to see where they're from and where they played. And you go, Oh, there's a lot of these kids. And a guy like Mark Hunter is not stupid. He's from a farm. Yeah. Right. They own more land from what I hear in, in the petroleum area than, than anybody. He's a farmer yeah. that played hockey, him and Dale Hunter, right? These guys are hardworking dudes. They come from that and they know what that well water is all about, right? You know, the kid from Essex, the kid from these little towns you don't know that play on these little teams that, that compete, they're, they're out there and they're good. They yeah. just don't play with the top dogs. And if they did, they'd be top. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there's this one, there's one kid, I don't want to say his name just to be fair. Um, he's not big, but I've had quite a few people ask me about him. And I said, and he skated this summer with us a lot. And, and both Welly and I really liked him, like really liked him. Hard to play against, hard working. So scouts noticed him. And I'm like, I, not that I, I'm surprised, but he sticks out on a, on a, on a not phenomenal. And I'm not saying they're a bad team. They're small market team, small market team. They make and do with what they have. Yeah. And this kid is sticking out and I don't know how high this is, but it's fairly, but people really like him. They say that kid has a chance, like a real chance. Yeah. So uh, it makes me really happy because I love these kids. Well, it's funny too. Cause like a, a common, like maybe not common, but you hear a lot of times, like when you watch these NHL interviews, these guys talking about their small town, that yeah. they grew up in, they played hockey for this local team, whatever, and then they ended up moving up and moving on, breaking their way out of whatever circumstance they were in to go to these better, bigger market teams as they got older. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that speaks to what you're talking about. You know, they're in this situation where they they had 12 kids come to their tryout. Yeah. And so they had to play double shift their whole minor hockey career up until they were 13 because they didn't have enough kids. Yeah. And then I just got good. So then this other team asked me to go play for them. So then I did that, and then that's how I got my. So yeah. it's just like a cool, it's a cool thing you did. And it and it's not uncommon, you know. As many, like I said, you get those big super teams that get ten kids drafted, and then you get the small market team that get two kids drafted, or none, and a kid finds another way, 
And then this kid just ends up sticking there. Like an- another guy I played with, uh, Brandon Montour. Yeah. Where'd you Fan- play with him? He played, so he, uh, when I played Windsor, he would play Chatham, AAA. Yeah. Not drafted. Right. Great then player. he played, he played Cambridge Midget Major, AAA. Right. So hung around for yeah, uh, this could victory, be, I victory think, lap. I think I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah. He, he played Cambridge Midget Major. And when we were a kid, like he was the same thing. Like he was a, a defenseman and man, was he slick. Like he was a good player, but. He's on a crappy team. Didn't get drafted. Went to Cambridge. It was either in draft year he went to Cambridge or the year after he played midget major. Either way. Then he went and played a year of junior B. Yeah. Made yeah. it made the team a year of junior B. Then went to the USHL. Yes. To played for Waterloo Blackhawks in the USHL. Mm-hmm. Then got a division one. Was defenseman of the year his first year playing there. I, th- I think it was his first year. Could be remembering this wrong, but you get it, guys. Um then he got a Division One scholarship to uh, UMass, and then got drafted second round to Anaheim. Anaheim, yep. And now he's—I think he's in Buffalo. The, he's in Buffalo. Got traded to Buffalo. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. so, and he plays regularly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it was good. Yeah, because yeah. I remember he was cracked. He may, he may have got traded this year, again. Again? Yeah, just because Buffalo is like. Well, but, either way, I, I, he was in Buffalo for sure. And uh, he didn't get traded because he was a jerk. He just got he might have might have got traded again. I'm not trying to look it up here. Yeah, that's fine. But he yes. So he that's that's what happened with him. So he was. I remember watching him crack Anaheim's lineup, and I'm like, dude, like this guy came from nowhere. Yeah. And he's a he's a native born kid, like out in the boonies in the middle of nowhere, yeah. like not in a big city, like lacrosse none player. of that. Yeah, lacrosse player, yeah. good lacrosse player too. Yeah. And that's that's what happens, man. And you hear those kind of stories. It's it's a it's a cool thing. Yeah. So so. Wrapping a bow on this piece is this is I actually have an issue with this is when I and if I was scouting or uh, managing a team or looking for a player, if a player has moved to two, three, four different teams in his youth hockey, for me, that's a red flag. I know there's there's no question there is an issue. Mm -hmm. There's an issue has to be. Because you're just saying I want to play on the best team and I want to win and I want to be I want it to be easy. True? Oh yeah. Hundred sure. percent. Uh, Florida, by the way. Florida down. Yeah. yeah. There you go. See, I'm on top yep, of that. There you go. You know? Not senile yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's an issue to me. And it's like and, and it's not just it's an issue more more than just the player because like I said, if my son came up to me and said, Dad, I want to go play for this team because they asked me and it's a better team, this, that, the other thing, as a parent I'm saying, oh yeah, that would be good for you. That's the lessons aren't being taught. Mm-hmm. So from the roots are deep when it comes to this thing. Is that if you're not, if, you're, if it's all about the winning and making things easier, you're not, you're not learning the right principle mm-hmm. for the game. Well, and I remember. So this is a little like personal story for me. So the year that I got traded, so I got traded in junior B. I got traded, mm-hmm. where I didn't want to get traded, but I got traded, and I went from a team we weren't that great. I was doing really well, like I was having a really good season, and I got traded to a team that was like a top contender for the championship, which we ended up winning that year. No, the next year we ended up winning. Anyways, I remember the biggest reservation in my, in my mind was how does this look? Yeah. Like on me personally that I'm jumping teams. Well, think about it. If you were getting interviewed by a team, they, they like you, they think they like you as a, as a player, or maybe they, there's questions. One of the questions will be, or should be, so Eric... Why did you play for three different teams? That's right. Why? That's right. And they already know the answer, unless your parents moved three times. Yeah. But 
if that's not the case, why? What's the problem? Yeah, and and so 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 when we draft you, if we draft you, and we think you're a really good player, and we don't go to the playoffs or things aren't going your way, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. Do we have to? Are we going to have problems? That's exactly right. Oh, I'm sure we are. That is exactly yeah my what my thought process Who are you was because because for most most of the time that is what the circumstance is. The kid just is jumping ship 100%. because he wants to be on a better team. Now in my circumstance, that isn't what the case was, but th- it doesn't matter because that's what the optics are. That's yeah. what it looks like, yeah. you know. So for for all these, especially man, ah, oh, like the scouts are not dumb, man. The teams are not dumb. The managers, they know hockey. They know what they're looking at. And when they see, okay, you played for little Caesars and then victory Honda and then bell tire. And then all of a sudden you moved to Toronto and played there for yeah. a year. Like, it's like, yeah. it's like, okay, man, yeah, I like, get it. Yeah. Like yeah. you're just trying to play on the super team. That's yeah. what you're trying to do. Yeah. And that's not what it's about. And that's like you said, that's man, red flag. And then we get you in the playoffs and then all of a sudden what happens? Do you quiver? Mm-hmm. Right? Did you shrivel up and not show up because you get some guy coming across from you that's that's there? He's mm-hmm. not moving. Yeah. Right? Well, and then the other thing too is I remember the watching some of these kids after they got drafted going and playing for their OHL teams, mm-hmm. and then they are they're split up now. They're not playing with those guys yeah, yeah, that yeah. they played with yeah. for the last five years, six years. Mm-hmm. And I can I got four names right off the top of my head that I'm thinking right now that just nope couldn't play yeah. anymore. Yeah. They were studs. First mm-hmm. round picks, second round picks, early, early draft picks. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they can't know what happened. They just can't mm-hmm. do anything anymore. Yeah. You know? So Yeah. Well, obviously that's not everybody. No. There's some great people from For sure. There's I'll tell you, there's guaranteed, like so just to be fair, there's some kids that come from the wealthiest families and they might seem entitled or whatever, but they're brought up properly and they work hard and they truly love the game and they do all the right things that are just good mm-hmm. and they are and they just happen to come from a house the size of this arena mm-hmm. and that's okay yeah. you know that's okay um well, and a lot of those guys like a lot of times we're ripping on like the Toronto kids and no, the we Toronto don't mean it that not, it's, yeah, just, it's our biggest example size yeah and, and obviously like McDavid was from Toronto Tyler yeah. Sagan was from Toronto there's every kid was from Toronto that's the top st- stud yeah. so those are the numbers yeah, yeah those are the numbers right yeah. so we're just we're just talking yeah. not just like saying yeah. no Toronto kids are good or anything so just make yeah. that clear well actually the the highest percentage of hockey players in the NHL are from Toronto nope well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. per capita I'm talking I don't, I don't know. Saskatchewan. Oh yeah, yeah, Saskatchewan. Never guess that. Yeah, like high, high, high really? percentage. Oh, the Prairie Lands farmers, man. Yeah, hard work. Interesting. No entitlement. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the Canadians. They don't milk the cow. The Canadian players. It's, yeah, it's four four in the morning. Well, isn't that milk the cow? Isn't that funny though? Like the, the cultural thing about, um, like the Canadian players, how they all have that. That's something like you, I, I don't know if it's still true, but I remember when I was a kid and I was paying more attention to the games, like every team had like a, a Canadian captain or they had yeah. half the roster was Canadian players yeah, it's changed or, a lot. or whatever. But, but it was, I remember that when I was a kid because back then it was a lot more like tough and grind and whatever yeah. play. Now it's a lot more skill and fluid and, and yeah. all that. But yeah. when I was playing, it was like who can crash and bang and, and muck and, and grind and that was all a lot of those Canadian guys in the man. playoffs. That's you need it. Yeah. In the need, you need in the playoffs anyways. Mm-hmm. So you could have a great regular season. And it's great. You make a lot of money and stuff, but when it comes down to winning. It's that's the grind. Yeah. You see it. You see it year after year. Well, after and that's year. why the president's trophy winner rarely yeah. wins. Yeah. You know, because yeah. everyone, the top eight teams from both yeah. sides, like it does. Everyone's great, man. Yeah. And then it's who, who can grind. You just yeah. got to get to the dance. That's it. Yeah. So it's interesting. So, uh, a, a side note to it, or maybe it's not a side note, is when I look at competing, um, 
Yeah, I guess it goes both ways. Is are you are, are you competing or are you, are you a little baby that when things don't go your way, you you take like you said, take your football and you go home, right? Um, why was I saying that? Because I want to kind of talk about how to compete. And the other side of that is that competing also, like, okay, you want to be a competitor. And this is something that I had to kind of talk to my kid about. So the great thing was, and and my daughter, Avery, she's a competitor, hates to lose. Yeah. But, and Charlie was like this young, but we had to straighten him out, hate to lose to the point where it was, I'm a little baby now. And no, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. No, I got one. You didn't get that one. And it's and now you start to cheat and it's win at all costs. Yeah. So I'm glad that the his, he had that uh, innate instinct to want to win, but it was to the point where I don't like you now mm-hmm. because now you're no fun. You know, if I'm playing golf with you, which I don't, I was using that for an example, and if you, if you uh, every, every hole you have a mulligan or you got, it took five, but you're saying it took three, I don't like this now. It's yeah. no fun. You're no fun. Yeah. So exactly. work at getting better. Don't work at winning no matter what. So that's that's the one thing. You could be competitive to a fault, and when you're competitive competitive to a fault, you're no fun. Yeah. And you're no. It's not even healthy. A hundred percent. I've been sticking on that. The, I remember as a kid something that my dad would say, and people they like. It's like you were talking about at the start with like buzzwords and like throwing out things, that would, like people would always say like you have to hate to lose. You have to hate to lose, and okay, I get I get your point, but what does that what does that mean though? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. To and, what extreme? Right, and th- and that's what what happens. So like, because I remember thinking like, my dad. There's something my my dad used to kind of give me shit about. Not just my dad, but a bunch of dads. We would be on the drive home, and our team was just dog shit when we were young. We would get smacked by everyone until until we I was like 14, yeah. where we could sometimes have a competitive game. But we would just get shit pumped every every weekend, and <laughs> it was the worst. So fun. Oh man, it was the worst. And and we so we'd be driving home from London or whatever, and we just lost three hours from to kitchen or like yeah. yeah whatever. And we'd be in the back seat, and we lost so much that it was like we yeah. were just losers. Like yeah. we just we're, we were just used to losing, <laughs> and that's how it was. Yeah. And I remember my dad and some of the the guys dads that I would carpool with would say. Like, don't you guys care? Like, don't you guys care that you lost? Like, it should be driving you freaking nuts that you guys are losing and, and this kind of thing. And I remember, like, thinking about it in the back seat, and, like, I didn't know what to think about that. Like, right. I didn't know what to make of that. Yeah. And there's a difference between not – you don't want to lose and you don't like losing, but then, like, you're talking about taking it to the extreme where it's – you don't know how to handle losing. Right. And that's, that's a big, that's a big difference. Like it should bother you to lose and you should have that competitive edge where like losing like physically causes you pain. But at the same time, you need to know how to handle losing and being, you need to be able to lose. Yeah. And that was like one of the points that I wanted to bring. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun. on. No, no. I I was going to say, make sure you go, make sure you touch base on that. Yeah. So so, leading into that point then, like you, you, you can't be so competitive that you will end up not like shying away from competition because you don't want to lose one or you can't be like so competitive that losing makes you unable to function yeah. where it's like it just ruins your day it ruins your your week you can't do anything else for the next four days because you're so pissed off about the fact that you lost like you need to be able to handle the fact that you're going to lose because in order for you to to learn how to compete you're going to have to play against people that are better than you or people mm-hmm. that out compete you compete yeah you. 
Yeah. So like you need to go into a situation where you're going to get your lunch fed to you and you have to be able to deal with that. Otherwise you're never in a real competition. Like well, we said at the start, you know? Yeah. So I, as you were talking about your team and I remember your team, it wasn't a very good team, but if I was to give advice, if it was my son or if it was uh, my team or, you know, whatever, I would say, okay, so there's, you're not, you're not going to go to Toronto and beat the Toronto Marlies. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dude, you know, we couldn't the, Russia, the Russians lost to the USA in 1980. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could happen. We couldn't even beat Chatham. We right. would go get smacked by Chatham. Right. Never mind Toronto. So so your your competition would be co- competing, number one, f- through yourself. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So yeah. if I was a dad, I would say, okay, so here's our issue. I know it's not fun, but there's a game within the game now. So the leadership side of me would say, you know, you, you, I want you to go to the dressing room and I want you to go to the practice and I want you to, you know, be the hardest working person, uh, which is not really a metric, but be, go there with the right attitude and be the hardest working per- person and, and make the people around you better somehow, okay? But your competition now starts with you. So if we skip practice and all that, we go straight to the game, all right? If I want to go somewhere in this game, I know I don't have the best team, but um, if I'm playing against you, you're going to have a long 60 minutes against me. I'm going to give you everything I got. I'm going to compete. Mm-hmm. I'm going to compete. That's my game now. You know, it's, you're not. You're still not forgetting about the team, but this is my game now. I want you at the end of the night, even though you're on, you, you know, we, you might beat us last game 13-2. to two. Today, if you're on the ice, you're not scoring against me. And I might bury one, and I want, I'm going to win one nothing. That's right. a win. That's yeah. a win, Right. And, and and maybe it rubs off on some of the guys, maybe it doesn't, but when things are bad, good. You, there's still a yeah. good in it, right? Mm-hmm. There's still a way that you can compete. So the number one thing is, like, because like, I want to talk about how, how do you learn how to compete, right? Because talk's cheap, words are just words sometimes, but it's, a, it's actually important to build this skill. Competing is, is you have to compete with yourself first. So how do you do that? Well, it could be, you know, um, you choose to to get up at a certain time every day to maybe to move, to exercise, to do the pucks, to do the whatever. That's a competition, you know. Maybe keep score of that. Like I did that for thirty days. Good. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good shit. Competing with yourself. It might be I'm gonna lift weights. Well, we can go and squat 135 pounds and do that for thirty days straight. You know, ten times every time. And say, okay, I did it for 30 days straight. But did you compete with yourself? Or did you just, like, it's a it's a form. You got there. But did you compete with yourself? Did you ask yourself, okay, so I have, I'm going to start squatting at 135 pounds on my back. And by two weeks from now, I'm going to get one rep more than I can right now. Yeah. And I'm going to ha- add five pounds, yeah, you, 10 you pounds. you gamify it a little bit. Gamify it. Because if yeah. if, there's no real, there's, if you go and, and run and you, build, you say, I'm going to build my capacity a little bit, and you go run for f- 60 days straight for 45 minutes and it takes, or you go run two miles and it takes you about 45 minutes. <laughs> that's a long, that's a walk. <laughs> I'm, uh, whatever. You do a 45 minute run, you do the same route every time it's around 45 minutes and you're not paying attention to times. Then yes, are you doing something good? Yes, you're mm-hmm. doing it. But are you competing with yourself? No. Can you beat that time? Can you take that same time and do more distance? Well, it's, so it's kind of maybe make wrapping that into like a little bow for everyone is we were talking to Dalton yesterday about uh, using benchmarks mm-hmm. and that is kind of basically what that is when you're competing with yourself 
like have benchmarks, like have something that you like a number you're trying to get or a number you're trying to improve on or so, so you're not just like mindlessly saying, okay, I'm going to work out today. It's like, okay, but how are you measuring the fact that you're progressing? How are you measuring like the fact that you're, you're pushing, you're pushing yourself and developing yeah. a work ethic and, and yeah. like trying to make something competitive because some, that's, that's the thing you have to do in sport is you have to be able to compete and win a battle. And so if you're not getting a battle, like, so for somebody that was in my situation where we just sucked and there was nothing we could do, then you need to create battles for yourself that are winnable, yep. like things that you can actually develop with. And that takes, you were talk, talking about your advice, what you would give. And that takes something like from the parents too. Like you have to be able to relay that message to your kid. If you're on a, if you're on a shitty team or, or whatever, like you can create these battles because like we've said before, it's about the long haul. It's not about this year or next year or minor hockey. It's about playing the long game and developing the proper skills to be able to progress and being able to compete. That's one of those things that is independent of, of any other thing that's going on. Like you, you talk about the game that's, you know, in the glass when it's like me versus you, like that's hockey. And that is what, that is what, the end result is just me versus you. Who was yeah. better? Yeah. And you can always control that. You yeah. can always, the me versus you part. Yes. You can always control that. Yes. There's nothing. It doesn't matter how shitty your team is. Yeah. You can outbattle this guy. Yeah. Or try to. Yeah. And that. But so that's a, a good way to frame it. Is is when yeah. you're trying to create a battle for yourself. Have like some benchmarks or some numbers or some something, some kind of metric that you can hit. And if, like you said, in a game you're on the ice, like, hey, I'm not getting scored on by this guy tonight. Yeah. There's and if he scores, he's going to have his tongue hanging yeah, out. exactly. Because he had to work. Exactly. And then you yeah. make that competition for yourself. My wife made a very good observation yesterday. We're sitting in the back uh, patio, which we just got power washed by a good buddy of mine. Nice. Whoa, it looks good. She did all the flowers See it on and Friday. stuff. See it. You know, she, every time she pulls out the flowers and stuff, I go, oh, come on. Because I'm such the, a guy. Got to water the then flowers. Then she does it, and it's like, oh, it looks pretty yeah, good yeah. back here. <laughs> but she was sitting there last night. She goes, Eric, you, the scientist, is a very unique guy at his age, at 26 years old. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, but tell me why. She goes, well, choosing to work for PowerTech or with PowerTech uh, when you have so many different options is very, very uncommon now. She goes, because she's in the corporate world, right? Kind of, mm-hmm. I guess we'll call it that. Yeah, yeah she is. She's yeah, she is. Firing, yeah. yeah, she manages and stuff. Yeah. She goes, the, the, the trend or the mindset of kids is they come in, they want the top job, don't have it, they want out and get something else, and they have no persistence, no consistency, they have no long-term game. They just want to be the CEO without the, the price to be paid. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of like what we're talking about is it's you don't just jump ship like so all the all these competing principles is it obviously doesn't apply just to hockey mm-hmm. or just to a sport it applies to life it's a game of life yeah I mean you, you get out you're competing for air oh right? yeah you're fighting to get some air it's you're you're it's built in and um, you know no matter what you're doing that's why I, I assume women wear makeup a little bit because they're competing a little bit. To, to get some attention and that's why guys work out why we work out yeah. a little bit it's it's it it helps uh in the uh, not competitive field and um well you know, that's he- why i wear high heels in my shoes yeah. so I'm tall. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know well, he, well here's so kind of branching off that a little bit so for me he's i easily could have went and just got my whatever engineering job at whatever place like that wouldn't have been difficult to do and then no. i start and then i can climb my way and and whatever but coming here and trying to carve out like what we're trying to do with with the business yeah. like i'm 
it's forcing me to have to figure it out. Like yeah. it's forcing me to have to like dig and find what works and what doesn't work because this is a space that you guys have not explored with PowerTech yet right. in terms of like doing this like online type stuff and whatever. Right. So I have to, I'm forced to be in the trench now. What works? What doesn't work? Am I doing this the right way? Am I doing this yeah. the right way? And that is the competition with myself now. I've made that for myself where yeah, it's like I, I need to figure out how to carve through this. Yes. Where you know, I was listening to, I've mentioned uh, Simon Sinek before, and he literally said a very similar thing to what Christine was saying is kids from like my generation, younger, a mm-hmm. little bit old, whatever, they'll go to a, a job and they'll say they, well, they just, they feel like they're not having an impact or they feel like they're not doing anything that's really uh, substantial to whatever the business is they're working with. Right. And they've been there for like six months. Yeah. Like that's, you don't know that's not a lot of time. No. Like six months is no time. You've no. spent no time no. developing anything. You're not good at it. And yeah. And that's, it. and that's like, that's jumping shit, man. That's jumping the, cause then those six months go by and like, oh, I think I'm going to go do something else now. Cause and it'll be better. Yeah. It'll be better or, or whatever. They want the yeah. quick. It's like, they need that quick. And that's what these young hockey players and their parents do. Like, oh, we're not winning today right now. My kid's not winning today right now. Let's go yeah. to the better place. Let's yeah. go to the better place. I find I see it with uh, a lot of the stars in the NHL now. I see it. Um, again, it's not carving. It's just an observation. Like um, Jack Eichel is always in the not happy in Buffalo. I'm not happy. This Things have to change. The, he's only been there, I think, four years, mm-hmm. maybe five. Connor McDavid, they're the same age, right? Yeah, so let's let's say five, yeah. six. Well, you're drafted second overall. You're making $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Yeah. You're the guy. Figure it out. You're the guy to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's why they drafted you. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't supposed to be yeah. easy to make $10 million on your team. And I'm not saying everything's lined up perfectly or it is lined up in a situation where it's easy for them or Connor McDavid for that matter. Mm-hmm. But you can't complain. It's it's you've, you've only been there a short period of time. Yep. You know, it's the easy thing again, right? Like, so then that's my, I think maybe take that back. And and if you took, only assuming, I don't know the guy, but if you took Eichel's career and if we backtrack to 12 years old, where did he play? Did mm-hmm. he play on a super team? Did he ever know what losing was like? And this is, that was my point, right? Is that when it comes down, when the rubber meets the road, can you even freaking handle it? Yeah. Or is it everybody else's fault? It's the owner's fault. It's Buffalo's fault. It's a bad city. It's this, it's that, the other thing. I need to play with Connor McDavid. Well, yeah, everyone does. Yeah. You know, that would be easy. Well, and and that's, and that's exactly, that's exactly what ends up happening. You get into this, you're in this pattern through all of your, and it's not just hockey, man. It's, it's everything. It's these kids, like kids that are, are going to school and they're trying to get into like the best school ever and they don't, or they go to this, they're in this major and they don't like it. So they jump ship to this major, they switch to this job or people changing career 10 times because they feel like they should be further along than they are. Or they're not getting what they deserve or it's everything. It's not yeah. just hockey. It, it happens everywhere. Yeah. And uh, just so you know, Eichel played uh, U.S. Uh, National, National team. Development Team, yeah. Boston Junior Bruins, but so good, good organization. Yeah, yeah awesome, good, good top uh, organization. On the best team, Boston College Sorry. or Boston University, yeah. awesome team. Yeah, yeah. And so then, never, never been in a situation where you had to lose games. Yeah, and this exactly. is my whole freaking point. Yeah. So yes, he's got the talent to get there, mm-hmm. and uh, no matter what happens, he's going to be a great player. But the the attitude and the uh, if he didn't have that talent, he wouldn't be. <laughs> that's a dumb statement, really. But if he didn't, if he wasn't like a superstar, he would just maybe he wouldn't vote. I don't know. But the bottom line is that 
it's yours to fix. They drafted you second overall. They took McDavid first overall. They didn't do it so that because they already had a good team and they wanted to make it better. They needed you to be the building block. You you accepted that role. You took the money and go do it. It's mm-hmm. all up to you to go to the owner and say, this is how I actually really feel. Um, I think this would help our team. Um, I'm going to give you everything I got. I know that I know for a fact that's how I would be. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. So that's what, that's how you 100%. should. That's how you should. And if and it's if on me, man. But when this is and this is the 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 thing that kids need to take away too is like if you're not like that yet, become like that. And that's sure. basically what we're saying. Like develop it in yourself so that yeah. you can figure out how to be that type of person where yeah. you're able to say, okay, it doesn't matter what the situation is. I'm giving you everything I got. I'm gonna have a good yeah. attitude. I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have that. And then if there comes a, a point where you need to part ways and go down another path, then you can make that decision when it comes, but yeah. not without laying it all out there and, yeah. and showing that you're willing to do everything you could do, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%. Making 10, 10 million bucks, it should be easy anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing is I was going to say is, uh, so how do, you, how do you develop that competitive nature? It's like you're out to practice all the things that you do, find a reason, find a purpose in it. So like I've always said is, if we're skating, okay, if we're doing a skating drill or whatever, like I could start off every single drill with, okay, I know I have to have my, uh, my starts need to be quick. I need to make sure that they're good, good as quick as they can be generate as much force so that every time I do a rep, I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, maybe that's not as quantifi- quantifiable, but when you're shooting or making passes, it's like you're, you're competing with yourself to make sure that they're on target or, or you're shooting to score. So maybe in practice, if you uh, if you've shot twenty pucks, like you 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 want to score every single time, and you're keeping track of that and 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 watching that. Okay, I'm actually putting the pucks in the net, not just going through the motions, right? Um, the other one that was really big to me is battle drills. So I had uh, when I was uh, I had a meeting with the general manager the other day, and he was talking about what they do every every single practice. They have a nice big chunk of practice where it's com- competition drills. Could be two on two, one on one, three on three. Uh, add a guy, take a guy, guy, guy away or whatever. And uh, he said it was interesting to see at first, and this is where the team got good. He said at first, guys that have, that were on the team already, like for a couple of years, uh, some of the younger kids or some one of the guys, whatever, was Johnny Gohard. And one of the older guys was like, okay, enough, like easy with the with the uh, the like battling. Yeah, it's the called effort. a battle, yeah. yeah, with the effort, like it's just practice. And one of the older guys grabbed him by the throat and threw him out and said, "No, this is not the way it is. Now we're gonna we're, don't yell at him for being our uh, tryhard because we're gonna battle because this is what we need." And it was like the turning point of their team. So, the and this is one of the things about de- defining whether you're gonna be a pro or not, right? Um, you you have to make that decision that you are gonna be a pro, and it and, and you don't turn it on and turn it off. If the coach or yourself. Or is doing if you're doing a one-on-one drill, you're not doing it to do a one-on-one. You're doing it so that you can be good at a one-on-one, so you can win a battle. That's what it is. Hockey is a bunch, a series of bu- bunch of little battles. So every time you're in one, you should be practicing that to win the outcome. If you're not, you're not getting better. So in your battle drills, I would take that because especially the young guys, the young guys, like if you, especially if you're not getting quite as much ice, or you have to earn your ice, that's where you're going to get it. You're playing. You're with older guys battling at bigger, stronger guys, and if you can win those battles, it's same as doing it as a game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, totally. the 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 battling is. I remember that in, in practice too, and the we. I mean, you touched you touched on this before too. The guys 
going into battles and not battling because they know they're going to lose or they or, yes. or whatever like yes. this is what we're talking about like the yeah. be and i mentioned this before too but be you have to be willing to lose in order to develop the skill because you're going to lose you're not going to win all the battles so you can't shy away from the battle because you think you're going to lose the battle because then how are you going to battle in the game when it matters? You can't, you have no battle. Then you're not a competitor. You're not a competitor. So it's the nature you, of the word, right? Yeah. When you get in those situations where you have the opportunity to go and compete against someone, take the opportunity. And if you lose, be like, okay, I lost and understand that you lost, how you lost and all that. Learn from why you lost. Be upset that you lost, but don't make it like, don't let it deter you from battling next time. Mm-hmm. Because then you never get the skill. You're mm. not just going to never battle and then show up to the game and be able to battle. No, it's you not don't turn happen. it on. Don't turn it on and off. Um, oh, we've got one of a uh, guy that coaches the NHL working out with uh, working out with me in the morning and hasn't really done a lot in the last little bit. And I'm, I'm proud of him because, I mean, he's not going crazy, but he's coming every day. Yeah, he's doing it. And he's doing it and mm. he's trying things. Like he was, I'd say, okay, here's what you're going to do today. And he'd be like, ah, I don't know if I can do that. You can try. Try. You can start off light, do this, this, is, and he's trying. And I'm like, I'm proud of him. Yep. It's great because it's like one of those situations where I, he, he knows that I'm going to be stronger than him or do it better or you or whatever, but he's doing it. And, of course, there's no – there's no. Uh, it's like that poem I t- talked about with uh, Teddy Roosevelt, right, the arena. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no shame in trying. There's mm-hmm. no shame in the guy that gets actually into the arena and gets bloody and – dusty and yeah. and fails and fails and tries and tries again because that's that's what it's all about there's a victory in the in trying and getting back up yeah well, and and you know that's something i see with adults especially like outside of athletes is like the they don't in the context of like fitness and health and like taking care of themselves like they don't want to try mm-hmm. like that is one of the biggest things like i see with people that are like oh, I can't do that or oh, I don't want to do that or I don't want to try that or that's too much or that's and and sometimes that's true like sometimes it's too much whatever but but try like show up try to sharpen your own blade like that's the that is something I that's so missing and like yeah, the but I think Eric I think that's uh, uh I'm not there's no science to this but I think that's a lifetime of uh practice to get to that point that's right and this is you what this is what mean? I'm pointing at yeah. like this is they never developed any battle yeah that bat, like you're talking about that battle with yourself, yeah. like being able to battle yourself yeah. and say, I know this is what's good for me. I know this is what I should be doing yeah. and I'm going to not do it because that's hard yeah. or that's embarrassing. Yeah. That's, that's embarrassing. Or I'm going to lose, or I'm not going to be able to keep it up. Someone's going to do it better. Yeah. Someone's going to laugh. They don't have the battle skill. More they, excuses than a pregnant yeah. nun. And that's, and that's something that the, I've said this before too. I've complained about this is people saying, Oh, the generation this like this generation is so soft and they can't, they don't want to do anything and they're lazy. And but it's like, yeah, but you trained this generation. Mm-hmm. Like this is a direct reflection of you. Mm-hmm. Like you're the parents, like you're the ones that had these kids. Like you're the ones that they're learning from and that they're watching. So when, you're, so when you're lazy and overweight and whatever, and you're not willing to go for a walk because you think you don't want to sweat, you're nervous about feeling some sweat or feeling tired or something. It's like, how do you expect your kid to develop that skill? Yeah. So you're telling them that they need to be able to do, and maybe you're not even, maybe you don't even know that that's something that they should, they should do. But this is the beauty of sports and the beauty of competition is it teaches you these things. If you let it teach you these things. Yeah. There's a, there's a lifetime of learning a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. The other thing about competition, like even a little thing, like, an adult 
going to the gym for the first time or trying, there's pressure. Oh yeah. Pressure's put on. Or if you're so if you're doing a drill in a in a in a practice, and we'll just say it's a shooting, you know, part of the drill is ending up in a shot. If you're actually put your life on the line or you ask a buddy, hey, we'll keep score of our, our goals. All of a sudden there's a little bit more pressure. Yeah. Now there's a purpose for it. Mm-hmm. And that pressure is good for you because that's how you perform. Yep. So if you can learn to put yourself under a little bit of pr- pressure to get results, it's just healthy for you. Well, that, and that's, that's actually another a great angle on that is the, the pressure thing, mm-hmm. like being able to do things with some pressure, like with some people watching or with, like your buddies all paying attention or like what, whatever it is, that's a whole other, that's a whole other element. Cause it's one thing to compete with yourself. Like you said, where you're the only judge, like you're the only one watching, but yeah. you start to introduce that, that element of outside influence or outside pressure on, on the situation. Cause that, that's more realistic. That's more what's going to happen in real life when you're in the game yeah. and doing stuff, you're going to have outside pressures on you, or you need to perform when everyone is watching you do it and when like something actually is on the line now and there's an actual consequence for you not doing the thing you said you were going to do that brings in like the the real life element to it of what makes it an actual competition right yeah 100 percent. so so yeah that's uh kind of about it but you know what life's a competition so you know it's um basically set a goal for yourself and like shoot for it compete with yourself and and learn learn how to battle and Learn how to do that because the bottom line is as you move up levels, if you get that opportunity and you work hard enough to get there, you're going to be facing people that are battle tested. Yeah. And um, if you don't have that in you, that's how you that's how you don't make it. Yeah. But you give yourself a fighting chance if you're willing to stay in this, get in a scrap and stay in it. Yeah, and don't look for the easy way, whether it's playing for the super team or avoiding the battle drills or whatever it is because – that it's going to come knocking on your door at some point. So you can, you can win all your minor hockey games. You can take the, the, the easy way for yeah. lack of a better word and, yeah. and win 11, nothing every game. Yeah. But the day's going to come where that doesn't happen anymore. That's right. And if you don't have the tool to be able to deal with that situation, then you're going to end up fading off. And that happens to so it many happens. guys. It happens. It just happens. Yeah. So it's going to come knocking. So be yeah. ready. And, and yeah. the bit, my biggest thing like for the kids to take away is just that, what I was saying a bunch of times is just being, be willing to lose and, and know how to handle losing because then you won't be shy about trying. You won't be shy about trying to compete against somebody and trying to, to, to sharpen that skill for yourself. So that's, that'll be my kind of leave for today. I'm not leaving with anything. Nothing. I'm done. Just compete, man. Start competing. Yeah. Sweet. All right.